what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome to experiment number one of uh <laughs> the before and after show colon second chances second chances indeed so uh if you guys listened to last week's episode you heard at the very end i said Corey and i are not very excited about anything coming out over the next few months yep <laughs> probably until batman v superman and i didn't i don't think we're necessarily excited about that movie no it just How, has to happen yeah however i feel like that a, a show about that movie needs to happen yes i don't feel like a show about the benghazi movie that michael bay directed needs to happen no so between now and the release of batman v superman we're going to be experimenting on different formats so yes maybe we'll stick with this format you're about to hear maybe we'll switch it up um i think it's i'm really excited about it Mm -hmm. actually i think it'll be a good chance for us to kind of explore more back catalog movies that we haven't uh seen or that we've seen and maybe didn't like yeah whatever so the premise of this show is similar to the premise of a normal before and after show Mm -hmm. but this time we have already both seen the movie yes and one of us liked the movie, and the other one did not like the movie. So we're going to talk about why one person liked the movie and why the other person didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to go watch the movie with the other person's argument in mind and come back next week and tell you whether or not our opinions have changed based on what we talked about or... Something new we noticed in the film. Yes. So I'm excited to kick this off, but yes. before we do, is have you been watching anything? <clears throat> I have. I have been watching. It's been a while. Welcome back, yes, by the way. Yes, thank you. Thank you for allowing me back. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've uh, in those couple weeks I had off uh, recovering from what was a Star Wars, um, probably overdose. Yeah, the um, Star Wars hangover that we yes. had. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to watch a couple things. Um I'll just talk about two kind of of note that <clears throat> were very interesting for me to watch. Um, one of them was the movie Fury, which, mm. um, like, I, I texted you and I talked to you about it. It's like, I guess a whole bunch of people are like, MJ, you should go see Fury. Or yeah. have you seen Fury? I haven't seen it yet. So, like, but the, the weekend you texted me, <laughs> three or four different people brought it up with me. So I feel like I need to go see it. It was like a divine sign. Go see this movie now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked it um, for the most part. Um, the characters, I feel, are the strongest part of that movie. Um, I think the characters, their interactions are very well done. This is a World War II movie, and it kind of follows the American tank, which they call themselves, like, Fury. All the tanks name themselves. And so it's kind of like following their story kind of right at the tail end of World War II. It, uh, I think the whole film happens maybe two or three months before... Um, World War II is actually over. So you kind of get to see um, the tank unit and, like, their interactions with each other, and you kind of have a new person who kind of comes into the group, and that's kind of, like, our entry point to meet the characters and kind of see how things work. But I think all the actors do a really good job. Um, A lot of good, like, supporting actors. Um, But, like I was telling you, I think the story kind of loses itself. It starts off as one thing, and then about, like, halfway through the movie, it kind of, like, shifts to something else. And so the big emotional payoff when we finally get there, it kind of doesn't mesh because I feel like we we switched halfway through the movie, and so it's just... It's supposed to be this big build-up, and it's like, oh, yes, that's awesome, and it just doesn't really... I don't know. It just doesn't land right. Okay. But I would definitely recommend seeing it. Like I said, the characters are the best part of this film. Right. So I had seen a handful, not a lot. Uh, It wasn't a a 
dirge of, of reviews that said this, but I had kind of heard it's one of the better World War II movies post Saving Private Ryan. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And I mean, I kind of went into this movie. I mean, Saving Private Ryan is probably my favorite war movie probably up there in like top five Spielberg movies. It's It's such a good, like when I saw that movie, like I just tell people, it's one of those movies that just, it just hit me at like this visceral level. Like just so many things in that film work for me. And this is so intense, but like the intensity is like warranted and the characters are so good and gosh, everyone loves Tom Hanks. But, um, so I kind of went into fury kind of with, Saving Private Ryan in the back of my mind as like a right. subtle comparison of like, okay, it probably won't be this, but that. And I, I think Fury is probably in line with one of the better like war movies, but definitely not Saving Private Ryan caliber. Okay. Yeah. I That kind of makes sense. I think it kind of leaned into having comparisons with Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. It has a very similar look. Yes, it does. To it. And yeah. so that seemed very intentional, yeah. All, like almost poorly subliminal. Yes. <laughs> like we're going to emulate the look of Saving Private Ryan in order to make you think this is as good as Saving yeah. Private Ryan. <laughs> A little bit possibly, but um, it's still good on its own, on its own merits. But yeah, definitely it, it's not Saving Private Ryan. And then the other movie I saw... Um, very much more of like a, I guess you could kind of say indie, but it's this movie called Waitress, and it... Amy Adams? No, but uh, Carrie Russell and Nathan that Fillion. One. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Him playing a very different role than any other thing I've seen him in. But um, it's a movie that was like written, directed, and acted as like another character by a woman named Adrienne Shelley. Okay. I don't know, I don't know if you've heard of her, mm-hmm. but... Um, she was kind of like this up-and-coming talent in Hollywood. Um, unfortunately, when this movie came out, I think 2007, and it won a whole bunch of awards, mm-hmm. um, but she was, like, tragically murdered or Whoa, something. Whoa, Yeah, yeah. Um, she was really young. I want to say, like, early 30s. Um, and she had a daughter, and she was married. Um, but yeah, this movie, uh, Waitress, kind of like the, the short story of, like, how I even found this movie is... It's being adapted to a Broadway musical, and the music is being written by Sarah Bareilles, which is oh. one of my wife's favorite um, musicians. And so when I saw that, I was just like, oh, I'll buy the album for her, like the, the musical like studio album, and I'll also buy the movie that it's based off of, and we can kind of like watch them and you know, see like, oh, what inspired the songs? And in watching the movie, like all the trailers and some of the reviews that I read, like build it as more of like a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely... <laughs> It has comedic moments, but it's a lot more of, like, kind of a a dark, just kind of, like, not, like, a dark comedy, but it's just kind of, like, a raw portrayal of, like, people living in a small town, and this woman has kind of just been dealt a bad hand. And it's just kind of like this, you get to see, like, how she, I mean, she's a waitress that works at this place, but she has a dream of being, like, a, winning this pie baking contest because she's really good at making pies and so even at the restaurant she makes pies and stuff and you just kind of get to see like her life and the it it deals kind of with like she has a abusive husband like just emotionally and verbally abusive and she has like these other friends who kind of her friends at the diner who like interact with her and you kind of get to see them develop but the movie is kind of like this whole message of kind of like taking control of your life and um kind of like following like following your dreams so to speak but it's very well done um I like that the focus is really small it's just kind of like on the community um and yeah like it's it's surprising because it's like Carrie Russell in it and she's great and Nathan Fillion um Andy Griffith I think this is the last film he did before he died he's in it um so it has a very like eclectic cast of people, but um, I love Andy Griffith. Yeah, but Adrian Shelley, uh, you know the the kind of three powerhouse force behind this movie. Right. Um, it's just incredible to see like what she was able to accomplish in this in this movie. I think I think the filming was like relatively short. She like you know she wrote it. She directed it. She acted in it. She wrote some of the music for it. So it's just like, it's just really cool to 
see something that like somebody has been able to with that much talent to be able to create i mean like it's really tragic that she died right um but yeah so that was kind of a fun like i did not expect to 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 see that i would have never found out about it yeah besides the music so so yeah so that was a fun movie that i'd recommend giving a watch okay yeah huh i remember when that movie came out it was a big deal uh it got a lot of attention yeah but I had not heard about the her getting murdered thing. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Wow. That's cool. Um, so I wasn't going to talk about this, but <laughs> you've given me no choice based right. on what you've talked about uh, recently. Um, something that I, I haven't been watching necessarily, but it's the only thing I've listened to going on three weeks now yeah is the soundtrack to hamilton oh do you know what hamilton is i don't hamilton is a broadway musical about the life and times of alexander hamilton oh but it's all hip-hop what and it's amazing it's so good How does that work? It's so good, Corey. It's so good. Oh my gosh. And so every everyone's race bent. Yeah. So uh, I think Alexander Hamilton is played by a Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Burr is played by a black guy. And so on and so forth. And so it's, it's a lot of rapping. Yeah. And like spoken word <laughs> stuff. And it's so good. Wow. When I bought the soundtrack, I listened to it on Spotify first and I ended up buying the soundtrack. It's when I bought it it was only $1.99 for the entire soundtrack. Yeah. On Google Play. If it's still $1.99, go buy it. It's 46 <laughs> songs and 2 hours and 22 minutes worth of music. Wow. So it's more than worth your $2 yeah. and it is so good. Okay then. Yes. I might have to check that out. It's so good. So it's just them rapping about his life and like you get from the soundtrack, yeah. you get a very clear delineation of who's who. Yeah. So you can pick out the different characters really easily. Like you mm-hmm. know when Alexander Hamilton's talking, you know yeah. when Aaron Burr's talking, you know when uh Marquis de Lafayette is talking, you know when James Lawrence is talking. Mm-hmm. So and there's just like really cool stuff they do throughout it all. Um, in Act 2, because Act 1 is all about the American Revolution. Yeah. And his role in the American Revolution as George Washington's correspondence writer. Yeah. And the second half is all about his political career running the banks and trying to get the National Bank um, established and the opposition he faced from Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Because they thought he was basically trying to put the government in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, we need a unified bank because otherwise we're just like all over the place financially. Yeah. And... So there's, there's congressional hearings about founding the National Bank, which are done uh, in hip hop (laughs) songs, but which sounds bizarre, but (laughs) the conceit is that Hamilton gets to state his case for why we need the National Bank and Jefferson gets to... uh, give a rebuttal so they're rap battles and it's oh wow awesome it's so cool wow it's so cool <laughs> it's oh, i love it i love it so much i love everything about it i want to go see it when it's on tour wow it, i've never been this into a musical ever in my life ever it's amazing <laughs> i listened to it six times front to back in four days and it's two hours and 22 minutes wow it's amazing. You must, you really love it then. I really love it. It was my favorite album of last year. Wow. Yeah. I, if you would have told me, hey, your favorite album this year is going to be a bunch of actors rapping about Alexander Hamilton. You would have been like, you're crazy. I would have been like, who had that idea and why? And I came to the, to the album just kind of seeing people on the internet freak out about, oh, Hamilton's so good, Hamilton's so good, Hamilton's so good. Go buy the the Hamilton album. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I know it's this Broadway play about Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. And I clicked on it, and it, that track that I just played started. And you were like, what? And I was like, I had to pause it. Because I was like, hold up. Is this all hip-hop music? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Let me look this up. And so I looked it up and found out, yes, yeah. it is all <laughs> hip-hop music. And I was like, Ugh. 
What? what? Okay, but it, that guy sounded really cool. Let me go back and listen to it again. And so I played the whole track, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm super on board with this. Wow. And it led me to discover um, a man who I have no idea how we have never made a movie about him, how every History Channel documentary isn't about him. One of my favorite people from the American Revolution now is this guy named Hercules Mulligan. Do you know who Hercules Mulligan was? I've never heard of him. Me neither until I listened to Hamilton, and I don't understand why, because this guy was the best. He (laughs) was the very first double agent. Really? Yes. He was a tailor. He was was a tailor from Ireland who stuck around in New York while the British were invading and volunteered to tailor all of the British uniforms. Well, while he was taking their measurements and stuff, he would be like, so what do you guys have going on? And like, he sounded Irish, so they assumed he was on their side. So they told him like, oh, we're going to go like kidnap George Washington and kill him. And then he would just like send correspondence over to Hamilton and George Washington. And he saved Washington's life twice by doing that. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Like a boss. How, how have we never heard of him? Right? I was like, what? How? And it made me realize there is a significant um, deficiency in the amount of Revolutionary War stuff that we see. Yeah. I think it's like a really cool period of history that we never really see. And it could be because there are some other sensitive things at play there. Yeah. Given treatment of Native Americans and slavery and stuff. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like anyone with a brain is just going to accept like, Hey, hey, this is history. That, yeah, this happened. This happened. We can't, yeah. We can't deny it. And so I, I think and I hope that Hamilton gives us more Revolutionary War stuff because mm-hmm. it's a really fascinating period of at least our culture. Yeah. Um, of our culture's history. And so I really, really want to see more mm-hmm. stuff like that. For sure, this mo- this is going to be a movie because yeah. this soundtrack is exploding. It's nominated for like a bunch of Grammys. Oh wow! Yeah, it's 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 a thing right now, <laughs> and I they're they're auditioning for the touring company right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my wife to audition <laughs> to be <laughs> to be one of the one of the sisters that plays a major role. I don't think that's going to happen, but that it would, would be, be nice. sweet. It would be so dope. Um, it's it's so good. It's so good. Go listen to Hamilton. Okay. And then yeah, I oh man. So you said Broadway musical in the last one. And yeah. I was like, well, now yeah. I have to talk about Hamilton. And uh, I'm <laughs> sure my wife is very glad to hear someone uh, hear me talking about that to someone else who's not her because I've just been like, no, it's so, you don't understand. It's so good. You're like, ah, I, I I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Wow. As far as what I've watched, I had something oh as far as what i've watched we watched this movie on saturday called odd thomas i don't know if you've seen it on your netflix queue or not Mm -mm. it's kind of an under the radar movie that is directed by stephen summers who did the mummy oh okay and i like that movie quite a bit yeah um at the very least i like the first one quite a bit and He's kind of fallen off the radar, and he did this indie movie called Odd Thomas, which is based off a series of Dean Koontz novels. Yeah. And it follows this guy whose name is Odd Thomas, (laughs) and he can see into basically the spiritual realm. Yeah. Or, or like, the ghost realm. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just kind of connected to that world. And so he sees these things called bodocks i think is what they're called and they're these like crazy like tar looking creatures and he will see like he he will see them enter someone's body right before they commit an act of evil oh and so it's basically him seeing this and busting people kind of kind of minority report yeah but like way more supernatural than this so the 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 story is that he sees a swarm of bodocks around this one guy and he's like i've never seen that many around one person before Mm -hmm. this guy's going to do something big and so he it's it's kind of a detective story at that point and it's it's kind of noir because he narrates the whole thing Mm -hmm. but it's got this really cool like uh 
I don't want to say Sam Raimi style. It's easy to say that because it's kind of like a supernatural thriller that has like very inventive visual storytelling and it's just kind of peppy and supernatural. So it kind of Mm -hmm. seems like a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, But Anton Yelchin, who plays Chekhov in the new Star Trek movies, he plays Odd Thomas and he's really good in it. And he actually has someone on the police force who believes him. And so you kind of see at the beginning that he's got this relationship with this uh, captain on the police force who like knows that he, yeah, he has this gift and like totally trusts and believes mm-hmm. him. And that guy is Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah. And he's great in it. And uh, there's, uh, I think there's one other person in it. Patton Oswalt has a com- cameo in it because of course he does. Cause he's just <laughs> in everything nowadays, but it's a really fun movie I don't think there's, like, a big message to yeah. it. I think it's just a, a fun movie to kind of let happen in front of you. It's really quirky. It's really inventive. Mm-hmm. At the very least, the premise is really cool. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. <clears throat> it's kind of intense near the end because, minor spoiler, <clears throat> the event he's trying to pre- prevent is a <clears throat> mass shooting in a mall. Oh, okay. And that just, like, in the period of time we're in right now, this yeah. movie's two years old. So where we're at as a country right now, it felt like real tense. Like, yeah. While while I, while we were watching it, it was like, mm. <laughs> but yeah. I, that has more to do with like the current climate of yes. our country than anything. Yeah. I feel like to to a, in 2013, it was it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 worth a watch for sure, and that's on Netflix, so it's easily available. Cool. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about is Sicario. Okay. I have never unwillingly put a movie in my top 10 of the year before but this movie has to go (laughs) in my top 10 and i didn't like it that much really but it's that's the point so sicario is (laughs) this movie about the the drug cartel and and emily blunt plays this woman who's on the fbi and she gets called to mexico to be on the special task force charged with um bringing in this particularly nasty drug lord yeah and the whole movie unfolds it unfolded linearly as far as the order of events that happen Mm -hmm. but as far as traditional narrative and character structure goes it's completely backwards every single character starts from a place of agency and gets it stripped away from them rather than finding their agency and their self-worth. It gets removed from them. Yeah. So they regress as characters. They don't progress as characters. Oh. The story <laughs> is really... Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of it. He said it's really futile yeah. because nothing's different at the end. Nothing changes at the oh. end of this movie. Like, there's no real satisfying narrative arc to this movie. And that's that all serves this bigger point about the drug war. And I tend to not like movies that are pushing any sort of agenda. And this movie is very much pushing an anti-drug war agenda. Yeah. But it completely earns it. It's so weird. I've never seen a movie do this before where it keeps the audience in the dark. There's so much information we learn so late in the movie that we're completely helpless to. Yeah. There's so much information that we're lied to about that we thought was true, mm-hmm. but it's still completely earnest. It's this. Mm. I, it's such a crazy <laughs> tone to a movie, and it's really off-putting. It's really nihilistic. Like yeah. I didn't feel good after it, and so because of all those things, I was like, that movie was just okay, but it all served this bigger purpose yeah and this bigger <clears throat> message it was trying to serve and so um that's called semiotics and so on a semiotic level mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece it is incredibly well made it looks yeah. great roger deacon shot it so it looks amazing it was directed by the guy who directed prisoners which is uh people love that movie i tend to think it's overrated mm-hmm. but sicario is really and it's really well acted. I love Emily Blunt. Yeah, she was she's awesome. Great. She's she was awesome in Edge of Tomorrow. She's yep. awesome in this. Benicio del Toro. I've never seen him be as good as he is. <laughs> this is my favorite Benicio del Toro performance. He's amazing in this movie. Wow. I think he needs a Best Supporting Actor nomination in this. Movie. Wow. Yeah, I think he's super over the top and ridiculous most of the time. He's super subtle and like a boss in this movie he gets there's there's not and it's not like a very like explosive action movie and even when it happens you you feel kind of gross about it but he gets some really cool action beats yeah in it and he gets the most action uh out of anyone 
Josh Brolin is just solid. I like that guy anyway. Mm-hmm. He's really solid. But yeah, you kind of see uh, Emily Blunt starts as this FBI agent who is on the kidnapping unit and she's like rescued a bunch of kidnapped uh, mm-hmm. people and they send her to this thing and they just keep her in the dark completely about what they're doing. And so she serves as the audience surrogate. So they yeah. keep you in the dark too. And so by the time you learn everything you need to learn, all the gears are in motion for them to accomplish their like evil yeah. thing they were trying to do. And so you're completely helpless. And so you're like, well, what was the point of this? And yeah. then you're like, oh, what was the point of this is the exact question I'm supposed to be asking. Yeah. Therefore, this movie completely accomplished its mission. Yep. So it's just yeah, like I'm. I've never <laughs> been as at odds with a movie yeah. as I have been this, and I think it is worth a watch. Even though, like I said, I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of the movie. I don't think you're supposed to be, and it's not. It's not like that movie Gone Girl, where yeah. I felt like that movie actively hated the audience. <laughs> I think this movie is 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 much more than that. I think it wants you to have this discussion we're having right yeah. now. I think it's. I think I, I got everything I needed to out of it, and the reason I did is because it's so masterfully done. Yes. So it's just it's super weird. That is really weird. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird juxtaposition where you're like, I didn't really like it, but if the goal wasn't for me to like it, if the film was like the goal was to do this thing, and it did that amazingly. Yeah. Yeah. It put me in a really weird spot as a <laughs> critic and a viewer where I was like. Because it, it's super well executed. Like, it looks great. It's super well acted. It's super well written. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, like, it's a well-done movie. Yeah, and, like, technically. Yeah, technically it's great. Um, and even the message it's trying to send, it sends it completely well. Yes. And I don't think it's a... Uh, I don't think it's a, it's it's a bad message to be sending, necessarily. Yeah. Whereas something we talked earlier off mic about Birdman. Yes. I hate <laughs> the message of that movie. And, and yeah. it's just very mean. Sicario isn't very mean, it's very angry. Yeah. And so there's a difference between, like, if Birdman would have been angry about superhero movies, that would be different. Birdman mm-hmm. was really mean. I felt like that movie hated the audience. Yeah. I don't feel like Sicario hated me as yeah. a viewer. I think it was trying to make me think about stuff, and I think it was very sympathetic to me as a viewer, but yeah. still very, like, angry, yes. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's it's worth a watch. It's a not an easy movie to watch. It's not particularly gory or violent or anything, yeah. but because of just like the deception in it, it's yeah. really uh, kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's kind of a movie that needs to be reckoned with. Yeah, not to get at the message of it because it's very clear in its message, but just to kind of like wrestle with the way it plays around with what we expect out of our stories and how they're structured. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fascinating movie. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to go see that now. Too. Yeah, I, I recommend seeing it, even though like, it's so weird recommending this movie. It's uh, it's completely not of my own volition yeah. to be recommending <laughs> this movie. Um, and just and, and that's and, and I think another point is like that kind of forces you to be like I can't I can't argue with this. Yeah, you know it argues its point so deftly that it's just like I mean that may not have been that satisfying to me, but you did a good job. Like, yeah. You know, so what, what Yep. where do I have to stand? Yeah. <laughs> you give me no choice but to stand on like, it's a, it's a good movie, but it's, but by our standards, not a good movie. It's so weird. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like I ranted a lot about that movie, but it's so fascinating to me. I've no, stuck with me like all week. <laughs> I haven't thought this hard about a movie in a long time. Well then it did something right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, we're going to take a short break. Yes. And we'll be back to do our first ever before and after show, Second Chances. And I think <laughs> when we get to the movie we're talking about, you guys will have a good reaction. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah, I think this is this is going to be a good movie to kind of start off with. Yes. Because I think I have a very controversial opinion on it. I feel like the film was very polarizing anyway. Yeah. So, so we'll get into that when we get back. Uh, we'll be right back. and we're back yes indeed so at the start of the show we said that this is going to be a very different episode yes by that we established that the reason it's going to be a very different episode is because we're taking a movie both of us have already seen before Mm -hmm. one of us wasn't the biggest fan of it 
and the other person liked it. Yes. And the person who liked it is going to give an argument for why they liked it. Yes. The person who wasn't the biggest fan of it is going to give the argument for why they weren't the biggest fan of it. Mm-hmm. We're going to go watch that movie, come back next week, and tell you whether or not our opinion has changed given the other person's point of view. Yes. And to kick this off, the movie we've chosen <laughs> is the 2014 uh, Marvel film Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know what you're saying already, and that's which one of you didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, what's wrong with you? Yes. That would be me. <laughs> But before we get into uh, what I don't like about Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, I first want to say I don't hate the movie. I'm just kind of indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm indifferent to not really liking it that much, but not outright hating it. Yeah. And uh, secondly, I'm going to actually let you go first of why you like this movie and and uh, like why you think it's a good movie and why I should give it a second chance. All right. And so I do like this movie. I like this movie a lot. Um just to just to start it off, um, when this movie came out, it was I feel kind of overhyped. So it, um, I do get the sense of some people were like, "Oh, it wasn't it wasn't that great." But I feel like this movie, in in Marvel's stable of all the movies they've been producing, I feel like it was in some ways a breath of fresh air because we just from like a from like all the characters they have in like their their comic history they take this kind of like ip that's like barely known and they bring it to the big screen this film film adaptation that like nobody was expecting um i think that in itself and the movie being successful i feel like that it was just like wow how did this happen in terms of like the movie itself i feel like the characters are very... I feel like they're very well done. Um, I feel like they're very likable. I feel like, yeah, it is kind of a, like, we have to save the world, save the galaxy, but in some ways, I feel like the movie doesn't feel, like, overbloatedly, like, larger than itself. You know how, like, Age of Ultron kind of felt like there was so much going on, and it was so big, and, like, at times felt, like, disjointed and disconnected? I feel like Guardians is a lot more kind of, like, we're going to do this one thing and we're going to do this whole thing like constantly. It's always about that purple stone. Um, And you know, whether or not it's like we have to get it back or like we have to go find it at this place or hunt whoever down. It's always kind of like that is the central focus. And so I feel in that sense, it makes the movie a lot more smaller. Like it's on a smaller scale. Um, and I think that helps it. So we get to spend more time with the characters. I think all the acting is done really well. That you, we kind of get to see um, the different characters like established and kind of like, okay, Star Lord, he's kind of like funny and quirky, and he's the leader. And then like you know, we get to see Zoe Saldana's character, and she's like kind of like the hardened warrior. And then you know, Dave Bautista is kind of like, oh, he's really strong and dumb and whatever so we kind of get to see all those characters developed and i think the characters work really well in this film um and i think those two things together probably like the the smaller the smaller scale of the plot the character development i think those are the things that really make this film successful um yeah and so i will let you take it away and we can go we can go back and forth a little bit from there sure um yeah, I actually mostly agree with almost every point you said, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, <laughs> not that we disagree a lot yeah. on, on stuff, but it's weird that I'm coming from the place of not liking the movie and saying that you are right. Yeah. I do think the characters are really good in this movie. Yes. And I think one of the things that the movie does well is it balances the time with those characters really mm-hmm. nicely. Um, so this, this is why I'm saying I'm more indifferent or, or um, to like not liking it rather than outright hating it. There's yeah. a lot of inventive, fun stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. My big problems with the movie come from a story perspective and a tonal perspective. First off, yes, it's all about this purple stone and the focus is all on this purple stone. Yeah. It's kind of the Marvel formula and it's interesting that this is the first movie you and I are talking about post-Star Wars. Yeah. Is because that movie is getting a lot of flack for being New Hope 2.0. Yes. Every Marvel movie almost is a clone copy of the last Marvel movie. Yes. And yet, 
I have less problems with that than I did yeah. with the new Hulk <laughs> thing. But every Marvel movie could start two-thirds of the way into it and just have some someone from the theater come into the movie and be like, there's a box, everyone wants the box. And then they leave, and then you watch a 30-minute <laughs> movie, and then you get the full experience of a Marvel movie. Yes. I think. Um, the acting is, is really well done. Yeah. I, Chris Pratt vacillates for me. I think I actually you can't, like... You can't, you can't just ignore Jurassic World. You can't. No, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> I think I like Chris Pratt as, like, a guy I want to hang out with more than an action hero. Yeah. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I He's he's okay in this movie, but I would much rather just hang out with normal Chris Pratt. Yeah. It, it, it seems like he's just putting on this, like, really kind of quippy mask yeah. for this movie. I think Bradley Cooper as Rocket is one of the best performances in the movie. Yeah. I love Bradley Cooper, so I might be a little bit biased. Yeah. Dave Bautista is really Mm -hmm. good in it. So I think it's well acted. And I think there are certain character beats that work really well. Yeah. I think there are other character beats that are a little weird. Like, sometimes Rocket's jokes don't, like, are really strange. It's a really weird movie. Yeah. It's a really weird movie. And in the Marvel canon, you said it was a breath of fresh air. I think it's a sore thumb. Like, it just kind of <laughs> sticks out and you're like, what is that weird little growth on the Marvel universe, you know? And in a way, it kind of leans into it and owns that. Yeah. But it's almost too winky for me. It's almost too leaning into it and too owning that. Like, it's it's almost this I- ironic version of it. Yeah. And it feels a little, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It feels a little hipstery to me. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think James Gunn is kind of a big hipster. (laughs) And um, I I, I like uh, his movie Slither and I like his movie Super. I just don't know that his sensibilities are the best fit for the Marvel Universe. I think he... I think he, he does kind of what he wants Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of led to why edgar wright didn't direct ant-man yeah however it's also interesting because they brought james gunn back to do guardians of the galaxy volume 2 because that movie made a ton of money yes it was an august release and august releases are kind of like the the tail end of summer that a lot of movies get dumped in and it was weird for Marvel to release this movie in August, but mm-hmm. it did super well. Yeah, it did. And so my fir- we kind of talked about this. My first thought coming out of it was like, that movie was super overrated. And, and it was hyped a lot. I yeah. Mean, I'm going to... People were calling it the next Star Wars. Yeah, and, and, saying... and no, that, no. Yeah. So the other problem I have with this movie is tonally. There's a lot of swearing in this movie. And yeah. we just talked about a Quentin Tarantino movie, so yeah. I don't have a problem with swearing. <laughs> Also, Martin Scorsese is like my second favorite director of all yeah. time. And Quentin Tarantino is my third. I don't have a problem with swearing. It's not that. It's just that these are Disney movies. They're Marvel movies. The Marvel movies don't have a lot of swearing in them. This one does. And it's just really kind of off-putting and like gross feeling. But this uh, is supposed to be like the different, like I say it's a breath of fresh air. This is mm-hmm. supposed to be the different one. Yeah. And, you know, that's why we have like a 70s soundtrack through most of it. Mm-hmm. And... I get that, but, like, there's, like, a masturbation joke, and, like, they they say the word dick a couple times, like, which admittedly is funny, like, oh, I think they got my dick message, like, that's a funny line, but it just feels really out of place in this overarching Marvel Universe, which is why I think it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things is that... I don't think the movie's, like, too violent for a Marvel movie. Yeah. But I think they undermine the violence with these weird humor beats. In particularly, there's the part where um, Groot stabs, like... He, like, runs through, like, ten guys and, like, smashes them around this hallway. Yeah. Until they're dead. And then he, like, looks back at them and is, like, super adorable looking while he's still got these, like, dudes impaled on his hands. <laughs> he's, like, looking at them like, didn't I do a good job doing all the murdering yeah. I just did? And it's super weird. And so there's just these, like, these kind of darker uh, things Mm -hmm. around the edges that kind of, they sit really weird with me. Yeah. Given who's behind these movies. Yes. And, and, and I would, I would agree. And there's definitely, like, some parts where I would say, yeah, oh, that's kind of a, that's kind of a weird, like, tonal place. Like, why did, why did they go there with, like, that particular joke or, like, whatever. But, again, I feel like Guardians... It's kind of like this wild card movie in 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, it, it in some ways it does like have it kind of follows the the safe formula of like okay this is kind of like it's a kind of an origin story so we're gonna hit like those marks and like we have to take it through that type of arc but. I feel like because it's so different, because it's kind of this IP that, like, honestly, like, within the realm of comics, it's like Guardians is not one of the top 20, top, maybe even top 50 that you would pull from. I feel like that allowed a lot more, like, creative freedom. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why you get some of those weird kind of, like, that was kind of totally weird. Or, like, why did they do that? Or why would you... Why would you put a 70s soundtrack like under like a big Marvel movie? Like those some of th- those things I feel like are a result of kind of like yeah, it is the kind of like special one in the lineup of the movie and I of all the Marvel movies and I think like it benefits because of that. I don't think it negates like some of the problems that you were saying of like oh yeah, like there's these weird tonal inconsistencies, but I think that's part of like the charm of this film mm-hmm. that it is so like different than the other ones yeah and i think that has a lot to do with james gunn's influence on it he his other movies are pretty dark (laughs) and so he's kind of let that slip into this and marvel kind of gave it a pass yeah um so and so it feels like it very much feels like a movie from james gunn Mm -hmm. and so as a director like i said before i like him i just don't know that his sensibilities fit with the marvel sensibilities or the tone they're going for um I also think this had the unfortunate distinction of coming out the same year as Winter Soldier. Yeah. So everyone was on board this hype train of (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. And like, I'm so excited for this movie. And I was like, this movie has a lot to live up to. Because I think it's impossible to take the Marvel movies as standalones because of how connected they are. Yeah. And I know Guardians is kind of the most standalone we've seen in a long time, but they're eventually going to loop back around into this overarching Marvel universe with Infinity War. So it all has to be taken as a whole. Yeah. And as a whole, like, I mean, it it just, it, it had the unfortunate distinction of coming out the same year as their best movie ever. Yeah. And still their best movie. Even after Ant-Man, which I... Actually, I think it might be their second best movie. And it's up there. It's really good. <laughs> um, and, and so I think in, in light of how good... This is weird. This is a weird <laughs> argument, and I'm sorry. No. In light of how good Captain America is... Like, yeah. Captain America is, like, top five of the year for me. That year it came out. Yeah, Winter Soldier was really good. Yeah. And and so to have this movie come out, and it's, like, kind of weird. It's... It's got a different tone, and that's fine. Yeah. It, but it, it does stick out. It does feel like the special one, you know, yeah. like you said. And it's just kind of like, what the heck? Like, where's all the weight that came from Winter Soldier? Like, it was really jarring for me to shift into it. So maybe now, two years almost, mm-hmm. two years later, having been removed from the context of when it came out, yeah. I'll like it a little bit more. Possibly. And I mean, I would... I would also say, like, you know, with with Winter Soldier, you know, it was this very particular formula that they followed, and it's an awesome movie with awesome action. And I feel like, yeah, Guardians knew that, you know, we're not going to try to be that movie. Right. We're not going to try to, like, go down that formula. And I, I feel like it benefits because it is so kind of, like, eccentric and quirky in some of that weird way. And it's kind of also, like... We've seen, I feel like it came out at a time where, like, we didn't we didn't really fully start to see it, but I feel like it was in the first wave of Marvel really trying to push, like, we can do different things. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of at the forefront of that, and so I think people, if they didn't like it or they're like, I don't understand it, is because, like, that would be the first and, like, okay, we have Guardians of the Galaxy. And then later, like, the next year, we'd see Daredevil and Jessica Jones come out. It's like, wow, this is super tonally different for them. And then we'd see Ant-Man. It's like a heist film and, like, another lesser-known IP. And so I feel like it kind of... And, you know, we're going to get Doctor Strange this year. And just tonally and just, like, the type of movies that these are going to be, I feel like Guardians was right up there at the beginning. And so people were like, what is this? Like, this is really different. And so I feel like... If you go back and watch it with that mindset of like, okay, it was starting this push of like to differentiate, like we do different genres. It's also like, it's 
they I also feel like it's tonally different and kind of weird because it's like it's Marvel in the space universe as like you know Daredevil and Jessica Jones is like Marvel at street level mm-hmm. and Avengers are kind of like more mainstream like you know public eye heroes and so when you look at it that way it's kind of like well, yeah, it it makes sense and it kind of defines, like, you know, we'll see when Guardians 2 comes out, but, like, if that's kind of how they're going to portray, like, space world and space battles and stuff, it's like, that could have been the movie that kind of sets the standard for that. Right. And, you know, I feel like Doctor Strange is going to be kind of, like, it's going to set the standard for, like, mystical realm heroes and, like, what the film is going to entail that way. And so I feel like that's one of the things that Guardian. It, it did, and a lot of people maybe miss that, or they didn't fully get that. Yeah, um, fair enough. I, I do think this goes back to the, you have to take these Marvel movies in the context of the larger Marvel universe. Yes. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing in the sense that, at what point is this universe just going to collapse under its own weight? <laughs> um when Thanos shows up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, as much as I love Winter Soldier, as much as I love what the Russos did with this movie, I'm already apprehensive about Civil War having too much going on in it. Yeah. Let alone when we start introducing, you know, we've got space Marvel now. We've yep. got street level, mm-hmm. dark, gritty Marvel, like noir Marvel yep. right now. We've got political thriller Marvel right now. Yep. We've got, we're going to get um, like esoteric, mystical Marvel yep. later on this year. We're going to have, um, you know, foreign <laughs> policy Marvel in Black Panther. Yeah. Like, he's coming from Africa. He's the first, like, international um, superhero, superhero yeah. that, that's going to be introduced. And so, it's it, it, at what point, did, like, how do you balance all of that eventually? Like, there's got to be a tipping point. Because movies are a different medium than comics. Yep. And right now, I think we're starting to see comic book people trying to turn movies into comics and i don't know that that's necessarily the best choice mm-hmm. all that to be said yes it's kind of cool that they're taking these weird ips like yeah. <laughs> doctor strange or guardians of the galaxy and like giving them movies and like if you would have told a comic book nerd in the 90s hey they're gonna make a guardians of the galaxy movie it would have been, they like... Would have been like why no one cares about guardians yeah. of the galaxy they haven't been around for 30 years yep you know <laughs> um they they were in the 70s and mid 80s or, and early 80s and then they didn't get published for a long yep. time yep and they kind of revised this so you know, there's this weird thing when a Marvel movie comes out where it's like, what do you have up your sleeve to kind of tile this in together? Yeah. You know? And then you have, um, uh, like, uh, investigative Marvel with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, oh, yeah, like, and Agent Carter. And Agent Carter. So you have this, like, massive universe, and that's cool in terms of, you know, we've never seen that done yeah. in this medium before in the realm of television and film. Mm-hmm. However... There might be a reason for that. Yeah. So I don't know if like Guardians of the Galaxy kicked off what would be a good trend for Marvel. I think time will tell on that. Mm-hmm. But I just I'm not sure that that was necessarily the best choice for them. Yeah. Because Age of Ultron collapsed under its own weight, yeah, and that it did. was all just the heroes on Earth. Yep. By the time we get to Age of Ultron, we're going to have more of those heroes that are on Earth. Plus all the space stuff, plus all the esoteric people. Yeah. And then we're going to get uh, a movie in between that. We're going to get uh, Captain Marvel yep. between the two parts of it. So now Captain Marvel is going to have to be part of the second part of it. And then we're going to wrap it all up with the Inhumans. And it's just like, wait, like, <laughs> are, are you going somewhere after that? Because if so, good Lord. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's almost daunting to take in. Yeah. And... That's one of the things that intimidates people about comics. Yep. Is that there's too much there that people, like, people feel uncomfortable. I, when I was first starting to get into comics, I felt that way. Yeah. I don't want movies to end up being that way. Where it's like, oh, I guess I can't go see this one because I haven't seen the seven previous to it. And mm-hmm. it's really confusing. And yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And I mean, I even felt that way in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Where they started, like, assaulting this Hydra base well, that had gotten introduced in the last episode yeah. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and I was I, like, I don't, I don't watch, watch Agents yep, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Either. So how the heck am I supposed to know that, yeah. like, what's going on here? Never mind that this scene looks like 
garbage. <laughs> That's but, another... <laughs> that, yeah, I'm starting to rant about Age of Ultron. I'm supposed to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. But in the larger like Marvel Universe, I think Guardians of the Galaxy may have kicked off this trend where we might see Marvel collapsing under its own weight. I hope not. I would be on the other side. And like I said, I feel like expanding the genres of like, we do these different types of films. We don't just do the stock like... Here's a superhero, here's a classic superhero sequel movie, and then here's like a trilogy, you know, a third film that's like underwhelming. You know, I feel like they were trying to say like, we do other types of movies. And I think that's going to be a good thing, but I do see your point of like, it does have a lot of potential to be like, where do we go with this? Right, right. Um, yeah, and but in, in terms of just Guardians by itself, um, just as a film, I feel like it has it going for it that it's very much kind of like you can just kind of watch it as like a standalone film. It doesn't necessarily like necessitate knowledge of the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. I, I because it's like, okay, Thanos, yeah, that's cool. I guess he's doing other stuff and like the Infinity Stones. But honestly, it's like, I feel like he kind of makes he's more relevant and makes sense like in this storyline than he does in a lot of the other films where he just has like a random cameo right you know because it's kind of like okay he's empowering ronin to do the stuff and like you know the infinity stone like makes sense here of like what's happening so i don't i don't necessarily think like he had to be in this film but i don't feel like it's completely shoehorned in okay i get that um yeah, so I also think that Guardians might have a problem in too many characters. Um, yeah. I think the core group of characters is really good, but some of the out uh, outlying characters seem kind of shoved in there. The Collector. Oh, yeah. By, played by Benicio Del Toro. Mm-hmm. He seems kind of... Yeah. Just like random. Like, why does he need to be in there? He's um, just a person that you meet yeah, on this planet. I guess. They... I don't know. Ronan, I mean, this is probably part of the larger conversation about how marvel villains, villains kind of suck yeah. except they're unless you're loki um, or you're in the uh tv universe yeah 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 and so like ronin is kind of sidelined and he's like a really passive guy like he basically yeah just kind of lets stuff happen yeah he until lets, he needs to yeah so i i don't know the villain's not particularly compelling which i mm-hmm. guess that seems like a cheap shot at the movie, yeah. <laughs> but also at the same time, have better villains. Like, it's not that hard. Come yeah. on, Marvel. And, um, like, Yondu. Yeah. He seems like a character that has a lot going on, but we never really get to fully explore that. And that might be an intentional choice, but I also feel like they gave him m- too many questions then. Yeah. Like, too many questions about him if they want to keep him mysterious. Um, I feel like you got enough, so you're like... Okay, he's he's related to Star Lord in like a more important capacity than maybe like the collector or like somebody else. Right. That we'll see more of in like, you know, Guardians Two, I'm assuming, with like, you know, it being more about his dad and like how he did stuff with uh the Ravagers or whatever their the group is called. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so so with that, um Going back to the collector, it, that mm-hmm. also seems weird because it's played by such a big name guy Benicio yeah. del Toro who's come up already in the podcast it's just like what what like yeah, if they, you're not gonna do anything with him I mean I guess he could come back and he probably will yeah but it's just this like setup for this other thing and so his scene feels very much like a setup for this other thing mm-hmm. still like it still feels like setup yeah you know and um John C. Riley and yep. Glenn Close, like they're randomly in this movie. Yeah, it's kind of like why? Yeah, like it's it's like a star-studded cast, and half of them go unused, and it's like well, why'd you have to get such a big name guy in there? Yeah, like, get your freaking brother to be that guy. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, they, they, like weird stuff like that, kind of. I don't know. It's 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 all it's this weird eccentric on purpose thing that mm-hmm. I, I kind of don't like about it. But I feel like very much like, you know, Winter Soldier was definitely like a Russo's Brothers film. You know, it had that feeling of like, we're we're going to establish this and do things in our own way. And this was very much like, it's it's a James Gunn film. And he's going to breathe his own life into it. And it's going to have some trademarks of that. And I, I think 
in the end, like, it's better for that. Like, mm-hmm. that it's not completely cookie-cutter, like, okay, here's here's Daddy Marvel and Daddy Disney above that and saying, like, we gotta do things exactly this way. Right. Um, even if it does, at times, like, it's kind of, tone like, tonally weird, like, okay, they're being taken into prison and, like, whatever, kind of, like... I need that guy's arm. Yeah, like, you know, weird stuff like that. And then it's like, okay, and then hooked on a feeling, but... <laughs> Um, but I think, I think some of those, those problems or those weaknesses, I think, honestly, like, in light of the whole film, like, it, it surpasses them, and so I think the product is, um, just better overall, even despite those things. I'm not saying, like, that they're not there. Uh Mm Uh-huh. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. However, I don't think that Ant-Man... Feels like a Peyton Reed movie, necessarily. Like a Edgar Wright movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it does feel more like an Edgar Wright movie than I would say a Peyton Reed movie because Peyton Reed directed Yes Man and yep. <laughs> The Breakup and Bring It On. Like, you know, so <laughs> at, at a certain point it feels almost like, well, maybe Daddy Marvel and Daddy Disney should have a say in this more than they did in in uh, Guardians. And it feels like they did have a say in um, Winter Soldier a lot. I still, mm-hmm. I still feel like that. I still feel like that movie moves forward the grander Marvel universe in a um, in a more believable way. I do think that Guardians does move forward the grander Marvel universe. It just feels kind of out of place. I feel like that's and and it's again like yeah, all of the stuff coming together. But like, I feel like that's how Doctor Strange is going to feel. It's yeah. going to feel very like. Because, you know, it's like new character, but then it's like Mystic Realm Marvel. How does that work? And that's kind of what Guardians had, like, working for it or against it, however you want to look at that. Yeah, and I mean, not to get too off topic, but Doctor Strange has Scott Derrickson behind it, who's a horror director. Yeah. What the heck? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, so headed into, uh, is this going to be your second or third viewing of Guardians? I don't know, like... Sixth or seventh, probably. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. I I like this film. I've seen wow. it when it came out in theaters. I think I saw it two or three times. Wow. I was traveling when it came out, so I saw it in Texas, and then I think I saw it again when I went to go visit my brother-in-law in Indiana, and then I think when we came back to Bakersfield, I saw it again. So wow. at least three times in theaters, and then uh, you know at least a couple times like on DVD. That's so. crazy. Yeah. Wow. So I, I feel like you've gotten all you may have gotten out of this. Yeah. <laughs> this might be a, a futile mission for me. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Wow. I'm hoping I like it more. Um, it, it, it's weird because it seems like I should like this movie more than I do. Mm-hmm. I just, given the grander Marvel universe, it just feels so strange to me. I mean, like, you know, and not to drop too many comparisons, because it's not a Star Wars, like, clone, or a lot of people are being like, it's Marvel Star Wars. No, it's not. No. It's not at all. But it is kind of more in, like, that space opera-y feel. Yes. Um, And so maybe some of that stuff, some of the eccentric kind of, like, oh, that's weird or whatever, like, some people would say, like, well, space opera, like, some of that, like, it lends itself to that you know you kind of have these eccentric things but it's mainly like more focused on the characters that's true and and you know watching this movie when we watched it which Mm -hmm. or when i saw it which was opening weekend and went the second day it was out yeah it was getting all this oh it's marvel star wars it's marvel star wars because it's a space opera however it may have clouded my view that i was like comparing it to star wars the whole time because people are like he's han solo no he's not right well, and and <laughs> it, it, maybe it's it's one of those things where they were saying Star Wars and meaning space opera, like you were saying, yeah, because there are a bunch of wacko, yeah, space opera movies out yep. there, and so I think maybe looking at it through that lens, it might help. Yeah, um, we'll see. I I'm very. Uh, I'm open to being malleable about this. Yeah. However, I'm very uh, staunch in like that that tone, man. That tone is really, really hard for me to get get past. 
just the overall tone of or just like the inconsistencies in the overall tone just it's just so weird it's such a weird marvel movie yeah and and i mean i'm fine with weird movies um yeah i just don't know if i'm fine with weird marvel movies it's just so tonally inconsistent with everything else marvel has done and i don't know if that's a positive i would say yes and i think it's on purpose so okay yeah there you go i guess we'll find out next week we will <laughs> um i don't have anything else to to add to the argument so um no i i think i've kind of you know run the bases of all the things i have going for the movie okay so. cool um in the meantime you can yell at me on facebook um <laughs> but we want to hear what you guys think too so please tell us <laughs> yes I, I i hope to get conversation generated about this film because it's it's we talked about it a little bit you said it seemed kind of polarizing and i feel like it's kind of universally loved oh no i've met people on both sides who are very much like oh i really loved it and just so you guys know like just disclaimer about me i i don't think it's the best marvel film i feel like it might be in the top five like it might be fifth but there's definitely stuff marvel's done way better than Mm -hmm. guardians but i do think in like their whole stable of movies it's up there in like the top third okay yeah so anyway you can yell at us on facebook um you can find us on twitter at before and after pod that's at before the letter n after pod uh, email the show before yep. and after show at gmail.com yeah please do tell us what you think yeah let us know uh we want to hear from you guys tell us if you like the new format yeah <laughs> yeah um i think it's i it's good yeah um but until next time go watch sicario Guardians. Do 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 do